We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. We're about a week away from training camp officially beginning as the Bears rookies report this Saturday and then veterans report a couple days later. And we'll get to hear from Maddie Reflus and Ryan Poles on Tuesday as things kick off. And then the first practice, obviously, Wednesday, first open one on Thursday. And to get you ready for training camp, we're going to continue our preview series. And today we're going to take a look at the defensive side of the football. Before we get into that, though, I need everyone to do me a favor. Please go to Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to this podcast. Give us a review, rate it, subscribe, really help the podcast and picks for polls. All right, let's get into it. Let's welcome in my co-host, Aaron. And Aaron, as I mentioned, man, a week, about a week away now, and things are going to start to pick up here as the Bears head back to Lake Forest for training camp. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that we're finally, you know, we've we've beat every dead horse there is to beat, and it's crazy that we're finally at the point where we're about to actually have, you know, football happenings, real football happenings with training camp and preseason and all that stuff. I mean, it's what we're because we're recording this on a Monday and uh, next Thursday. So what 10 days away is the the Hall of Fame game. It's crazy, man. Like we're we're really I mean, we're under two months until the regular season. And as everybody knows, like once training camp happens, you know, everything moves pretty decently quickly. And as we've talked about multiple times on this podcast, it's one of those things where, you know, the Bears aren't going to be good. And I think everybody, for the most part, expects that. But I think because of that, because of where they are uh, in the midst of, you know, the beginning of a, of a rebuild, retool, whatever you want to call it, there's a lot of interesting um, roster battles going on. And there's a lot of interesting storylines as we move into camp, which should make things that much more interesting, especially moving into the preseason. Yeah. And once it gets going, even though there are some, you know, built in days off, for the team um, coming up in, in these coming weeks, they're really not days off because you still have to write, you still have to do stuff here in terms of the media. And we still have to kind of get our stuff out there as well. Cause there's going to be plenty of storylines, especially with a new regime in here with Matt Abraflus and Ryan Poles. This is the first time we really get to see them um, with training camp. And, 
you know, the offense is going to be in the spotlight and also the defense will be in the spotlight. So it'll be very, very interesting to kind of see how training camp begins and goes on. You know, we talked in our offensive preview last week that, you know, the, the offense is going to have to look better as training camp goes on. And if it doesn't, it could be, you know, a, a long one for Bears fans. But defensively, I mean, there's some interesting storylines because we look back last year and, and the defense didn't play to the level that, you know, we're used to seeing them play. Um, for the most part in the Matt Nagy era, they, they were a pretty good, damn good defense. Um, and last year, you know, they were hit with injuries. They saw some regression players. But they also had, you know, guys like Jalen um, Jalen Johnson take a next step. Um, Robert Quinn broke the sack record for the for the franchise. You know, Travis Gibson got some extra reps, things like that. And they got some new faces this year and a new defensive coordinator in Allen Williams. So for me, I'm kind of excited to see how they're going to go, um, you know, into the season with this defense and what with the pieces that they have. Well, and yeah, and obviously we'll we'll dive into, you know, position by position and kind of talk about it. But I think, you know, at least for me, when I was going through kind of doing, you know, these roster projections and, and kind of, you know, looking at my expectations moving into the season, offensively, there were a lot of spots. I mean, really, I mean, you know, back end at receiver, uh, back end at running back, um, you know, back end at, you know, offensive line, um, even really tight end. There were some questions. And you look at the defense side of the ball, and there are some roster battles, um, but I, I think at least in my personal opinion, when I was going through looking at the defensive side of the ball and just kind of breaking down every position and where they're at and where they could improve and whatever else, there's a lot more to like defensively. And I know obviously that's kind of been a theme with the Bears last few years, but you know, if you go back and you look at it, I mean, there's been a lot of changes on the defensive side of the ball. No more Khalil Mack, no more Eddie Goldman. Uh, you know, no more Danny Trevathan, uh, you know, no more uh, uh, Gibson. Now I'm drawing a blank on is not Travis Gibson, but the other Gibson, the Sean Gibson. Um, you know, there's a lot of changes that have happened. You know, Bilal Nichols, Akeem Hicks. Like, I mean, there's just there's a multitude of different changes that happen. They're also going to a 4-3 front. But I think that you can still kind of look and you can say, yeah, this is probably not going to be, you know, a, a top notch def- defensive unit. But I think that there's also some upside. And I think part of that upside is obviously you bring in a really good defensive mind. Uh, when you're talking about Matty Refluse as a head coach, Alan Williams has had, you know, quite a bit of experience too. They have some interest- interesting positional coaches. Uh, on the defense side of the ball. But I think when you start really looking at the roster overall and some of the the bigger investments that they made this offseason, a lot of those have been on the defense side of the ball, whether it was in the draft, whether it was going out and trying to sign Larry Ogunjobi, and, you know, and then obviously that didn't end up working out and they went out and got Justin Jones. Like there's a lot of different pieces defensively where you kind of look at this and you could you can see a realistic way where this defense could end up finishing – I'd say top 12, top 15. Now, obviously some of that's going to depend on what goes on with Robert Quinn. It does not seem like he's, you know, uh, he's going to be around long. I honestly wouldn't shock me if they end up trading him uh, before the regular season starts. But I think at very worst, I think, you know, as long as he has a pretty solid year again, I think he's going to be somebody that they can offload deadline. I think really what this comes down to is I think it's going to be a matter of when they can get the most value or the value that they want for him. And I think they're going to move him at that point. But even then, I mean, there's still plenty of young talent uh, on this defensive depth chart to where 
I think you can look at it and you can kind of see a projection moving forward. Offensively, there's still a lot more questions, um, you know, probably a lack of talent on that side of the ball. But I think defensively, when you look, I think there's it's, it's a lot easier to project and it's a lot easier to be more hopeful, uh, at least in my opinion. Yeah, and, you know, they, they do have talent. And I'm kind of curious to see how this talent kind of comes together. And, and I think you're dead on with the Robert Quinn thing. I mean, he is a big key for them this year if the defense wants to, you know, find that success again. But I'm with you. I, I really don't think he's going to be here for the long term. Um, I could see him getting dealt before the season. I could see him getting dealt during the season. And the Bears moving on from I think it's just better for both sides. You know, you get younger guys some reps with, with him gone. You give him a chance maybe to go to a contender and try to win a Super Bowl here as his career, um, you know, is on the other side of 30. But then you look at guys, you know, you have like Eddie Jackson. We saw, as you mentioned, Akeem Hicks leave, Eddie Goldman leave, Danny Trevathan leave. You have a guy like Eddie Jackson who, who was kept here. And, you know, in large part due to his contract, um, the Bears can get out of it after this year, I believe, with some dead money on it. But he's a guy that, for me, maybe he can flourish. Maybe he needed a change in the system or a change in the coaches, um, kind of a fresh start, you know, staying put here in Chicago. I'll be very interested to see how he works well with, with rookie safety Jaquan Brisker because looking at Eddie Jackson after 2018, you know, when he was with Adrian Amos, his game kind of dipped down. He signed a big deal um, in, in his career, got the money, and we just haven't seen the turnovers forced or anything like that since then. But look at the people that played next to him. I mean, haha, Clinton Dix, not really a, a prototypical strong safety. Deshaun Gibson, not really a prototypical strong safety. Deion Bush really didn't fit that mold. Um, I believe DeAndre Houston Carson played there. Um, even Sherrick McManus might have played a couple reps back there with all the injuries that the Bears had. You look at Brisker, and just judging from his college tape and everything that the position coaches, everything that Alan Williams and, and Matt Averfluss have said, he's going to be more of a comparable strong safety to Adrian Amos. I'm not saying he's going to be Adrian Amos right away, but he's a guy that you're going to see him in the box. You're going to see him at that strong safety position, allowing Eddie Jackson to kind of play that free safety, which I think he's, he's, he's very good at. And then the other thing to note about Eddie Jackson is we saw him last year a little bit in the nickel towards the end of the year. I'd be very, very curious if the Bears want to kind of mix things up with their coverages and their packages, maybe they go dime and, and, and put Jackson in different spots. I think with those two safeties, I think they're going to be a lot better in that back end. But ahead of them, man, I'm worried because outside of Jalen Johnson, um, you know, you're, you're relying on a rookie who hasn't really participated yet in, in OTAs or minicamp. Um, and then you're also relying on someone like Kendall Wilder, um, um, Tavon Young, uh, Thomas Graham, someone to emerge. I think it's fair to say you have two question marks, at least at defensive back. Um, I do think Kyler Gordon's going to be good. I just have to kind of see it first. I can't say he's going to be a stud right away. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, 
the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, well, I think, you know, kind of starting off with safety here, you know, like you pointed out, I mean, Eddie's ja- Eddie Jackson's best year um, was or best two years really were with Adrian Amos at strong safety. And, you know, we saw what Chuck Pagano wanted to do when, when Vic Fangio left and that didn't really work out. And we saw what Sean Desai wanted to do last year, which was basically, you know, to Sean Gibson. And, you know, really what it comes down to is that didn't work out very well. And ultimately what it was, was the fact that Eddie Jackson was actually the one playing more in the box and closer to the line of scrimmage. And he needs to be that free safety, you know, that, 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 that center field type of free safety. And he really just hadn't had the chance to do that. And it's, it's really crazy that he went from being one of the best safeties in the league to being the highest paid safety in the league to just kind of this fall off. I mean, he really wasn't too bad last year. I know a lot of people like to pick on him as one of the guys that, you know, has been super disappointing and has been awful. He really wasn't that bad last year, but I think like you pointed out, you know, bringing in Jaquan Brisker, I think is really going to help because, you know, Brisker is a guy that does have some coverage skills. He's, he, he does have some playmaking ability, but he's also a hard hitter and he's the closest thing in terms of skill set that we've seen to Adrian Amos since Adrian Amos has been here. And I think the other thing that kind of, you know, I like about the the safety spot is the fact that they have some quality depth. I mean, it's not, you know, obviously you're not looking at, uh, you know, a bunch of like, you know, you know, let's just say week one starters that, you know, really shouldn't be depth or anything like that. But I mean, you know, DeAndre Houston Carson's one of those guys who's really carved out quite a nice role for this team. You know, I've actually been, you know, quite the advocate for him to get some more playing time. And I think especially in this type of defense, especially with Matt Eberflus, um, you know, kind of, you know, even though he says it's not his defense, it's still going to have a lot of his signature to it. And I think when you look at that, you know, they're going to be playing a lot of big nickel. They're going to be doing a lot of different things with sub packages on the field where you're going to have, you know, an extra DB on the field, which I think is actually going to end up helping out, you know, or not helping out, but more that it's going to involve the safeties more. So when you have a guy like DeAndre Houston Carson, when you, you know, they went out and they signed a guy like Dane Crookshank, uh, you know, and they also have Elijah Hicks, who's another one who, you know, obviously that'll be a little interesting to follow because he's a prototypical free safety, uh, much more of a coverage guy, a little undersized. Um, you know, health is going to be the big thing with him because I think he had, I think it was a foot injury and he, I think he had foot surgery and they've been kind of working him back in a uh, little bit by a little bit. But I think in terms of, when you look at where this team is right now um, and you're looking at, you know, probably some of the stronger, um, you know, I guess spots on the depth chart defensively, I think safety stands out as that. And like you pointed out, I mean, corner is a little interesting. Here's what I will say though about corner is that I do think that they are at least in my opinion, and you know, obviously it's a little unproven. I think going into the season, they're in a better spot at corner this year than they were last year, because I, I think a lot of people tend to forget Kendall Vildor was the starter for the first half of the season last year, and he was bad. I mean, there's really just no other way to put it. Kelvin Vildor was really bad, and now you're moving him back to kind of that, you know, that reserve role, 
um, where you're not going to have to rely on him as much. Obviously, you know, Jalen Johnson took a good step last year. I think he needs to take another good step this year. Um, Kyler Gordon is definitely, you know, he's going to be the focal point uh, when you're talking about this rookie class because he was the first pick in the second round. I mean, he was the first pick overall in the draft, but he was also, you know, he, he was taken in the second round. And and I, I think to a certain extent, I think that kind of surprised some people, especially considering their needs on the offensive line and that receiver um, you know, but I mean, even after, you know, we talked about this after the draft and I think we both felt like this is a good pick. I mean, this is a guy that a lot of people have projected at the end of the first round, beginning of the second, it was a good value. Uh, there's, you know, obviously nothing wrong with the pick. I think the one, the one area where I'm actually really curious to see is going to be that nickel, uh, corner spot where you have a guy like Tavon Young, where, I mean, dude, Tavon Young has been a pretty dang good corner uh, for Baltimore. He's been one of the better nickels in the league. The issue with a guy like Young is the fact that he gets hurt a lot and he's just not overly reliable. Um, but Thomas Graham Jr., um, you know, he was a what was he a sixth or seventh round pick last year? He's a day three pick. I remember that much and didn't make the didn't make the roster and he finally got his chance. Showed up pretty big as an outside corner. I don't think. I mean, I've always felt this way. I think Graham is going to be more of a nickel. Uh, I think that's going to be where he's best at. He, he hasn't practiced particularly well, but I think that he's kind of that guy where kind of like receiver, right? Where you need at least one of those guys in the one-year deal or whatever to step up. I think that you need at least one of these corners outside of Kyler Gordon and Jalen Johnson to be able to step up and kind of be that future guy. If that's, you know, if that's Tavon Young, then great. Um, I, I think somebody like, uh, you know, like Thomas Graham Jr., I think that definitely makes a little bit more sense. But, you know, th there's a little bit more improving there, um, you know, at the corner position. And, and you're just going to have to kind of see what happens. But I do think overall, in terms of DB, I do feel pretty solid about where the Bears are at. I think this is, this is the most, and this is actually something that I wrote about when I was, you know, talking about, you know, kind of projecting everything uh, on both sides of the ball is, it seems like the Bears put a lot more focus into the secondary this year than they have in a long time. Now, you know, you go back to 2018, um, that defense, and, you know, obviously had Bryce Callahan that was on a rookie deal. You had Adrian Amos, who was on a rookie deal. Kyle Fuller was playing really well. Um, you know, Prince of Mukamura was still playing pretty well at that point. Eddie Jackson was one of the best safeties in the league. And I don't know that you're going to be able to replicate that type of production this year, but I do think that you do have some guys with a solid ceiling and, you know, you're just going to kind of have to see what happens. I think, you know, in some ways it's going to be exciting because you, you have guys like Brisker, you have guys like Gordon, you have guys like even, you know, let's just say Thomas Graham, for example, and then you have these prove it year type situations. Obviously Eddie Jackson's the one that comes to mind the most, but also a guy like Tavon Young because Young is still, uh, at an age where let's just say he plays well this year, you can sign him to a, you know, two or three year deal in the off season. If he can stay healthy and if he performs well, if he's still playing one of the best nickels in the league, I mean, if you can get a good deal on him, that's a win right there. Um, there are some questions, but I, I would say out of a lot of spots, especially when you're looking defensively, I do think that the secondary as a whole is still in a pretty, pretty good spot. And I would say there's a lot more upside than there was this time last year. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, and that upside comes from, you know, having the two young defensive backs, the, the rookies. Also, what we saw from Thomas Graham in limited time last year, and then as well, if Tavon Young can you know, stay healthy from it. For me, it's just, it's just right now, it's still too many question marks. I do think the secondary is going to be better than last year. I think the style that Alien Williams and Matt Eberflus want to play is going to fit some of these players more. I think we're gonna, they're going to get a little more physical. Um, you know, they're going to want to tackle right away, hit hard. And the one thing I've noticed is all throughout the offseason, when that ball's on the ground, no matter if it's incomplete, um, someone just tossing it, the defense is swarming to that ball and picking it up. I think there's a couple instances we saw over the past couple of years where that was not the case under Matt Nagy. So at least they kind of got their minds right in that set in that um, way as well. You know, get the football. The football is everything. Force takeaways. That's what I want to see the secondary do. Looking at linebacker, Aaron, um, this one's interesting for me because we know the Bears have an absolute stud in the middle with Roquan Smith. Um, it's to be determined which linebacker role he's going to play. Um, we'll find that out soon enough, but then you look after that and it's Nicholas Morrow, who's a, a fast linebacker, um, you know, coming over from the Las Vegas Raiders hasn't really, you know, fully stayed healthy, missed, uh, I believe it was all of last year with an injury. And then you just have a bunch of guys, you know, like Matt Adams back there, uh, a bunch of guys that the bears are pretty much waiting, um, to emerge and take that final spot. And, I'm going to ask you, because I think you hinted at it already, where do you see this linebacker group going? Do you think the Bears are going to roll out with just two linebackers, put an extra defensive back out there? Do you think they're going to kind of mix it up? Because for me, I mean, this linebacker core, outside of Roquan, in my eyes, it kind of feels a little weak. Yeah, I would say defensively. Um, linebacker is definitely the weakest group that they have right now. And obviously that is helped tremendously by the fact that you do have Roquan Smith. Morrow is definitely a question, but yeah, I think anytime you're looking at a four, three front, right. In, in the base front, um, you know, obviously that Sam is going to play usually 30, 35% of the time. I do think that that's kind of where they're going to have to figure out, you know, one of those guys, whether it's Caleb Johnson, whether it's Matthew Adams, who doesn't have a ton of starting experience, whether it's one of the three or four undrafted free agents that they that they basically had signed and that they have on the roster right now, that's where they're going to kind of have to figure things out. The other guy is Joe Thomas. He's he's I think he's like 31 and 32. He's been around uh, quite a while with quite a few teams. I don't think that it's going to be a huge issue with the Sam because obviously between you know between the will and the mic, whoever ends up playing whatever. I mean, you got your two starters there. But again, you kind of run into that issue, and this is something that we haven't seen uh, with the Bears in quite a while. <clears throat> running that four-three is you need a little bit more depth at that spot because you are going to have that extra linebacker out there. Uh, you know, it, even if it is thirty or thirty-five percent more of the time, it's still more of the time, and you're going to have to have more depth. So that's kind of one of those spots. I mean, when you kind of look at you know, I, I would say right guard is definitely one of those spots, um, you know, maybe receiver, I guess we'll have to see what happens, you know, maybe edge rusher as well, depending on what happens with uh, Robert Quinn. But I think that's one of those spots where 
that is one of the ones where you're going to want to keep an eye on in terms of, you know, Anthony Hitchens, they had him in for a workout. Obviously they ended up signing Matthew Adams instead, but you know, that is definitely a spot where you kind of look at it and you say, okay, they may need some more help there because one injury to Moro, one injury to Roquan Smith, and all of a sudden, you know, that group is looking looking even more questionable than it is right now. And I don't know how much upside there really is. Obviously, every once in a while you have an undrafted free agent uh, hit as, you know, a, you know, a starting linebacker. But again, I don't know that that's really something that you're going to want to rely on. So it's going to be very interesting to see how much value that they do put into that SAM position and that overall linebacking core uh, in the center of this defense. And you're right. I mean, usually when we're doing previews on this Bears defense, it's, it's linebackers always one of the stronger positions. This is the first time in a while where, you know, it's Roquan Smith. You know, Nicholas Morrow, I think, can be a, a good player. He doesn't have to be a star out there. Um, but even then there's question marks. And then after that, you know, it's just someone's going to have to emerge. So that'll, that'll be another area I'm looking at at training camp as well. Who can take advantage of that? Moving to the defensive line, though, this is, this is kind of an interesting one for me because I feel like this is, this is the position there's a lot of uncertainty. They don't have Eddie Goldman. They don't have Akeem Hicks. Um, pretty much all that's returning, you know, Robert Quinn, Travis Gibson, you have Kyrus Tonga. Um, yeah, I believe that's it. Mike Pennell was brought back. Um, LaKale London is still here. And then you have Sam Kamara. But after that, I mean, oh, Mario Edwards Jr. I'm sorry, I, I forgot Mario Edwards Jr. And Angela Blackson. Jeez, a little more than I thought. But, I mean, you have a bunch of new guys here with some uncertainty. And, you know, I do like the Justin Jones signing. Um, obviously, the Bears, you know, kind of made him, you know, quote-unquote second option. Um, after they couldn't um, initially lock into their first target. I'm blanking on his name um, from Cincinnati. Um, maybe you can Larry Ogunjobi? Yes, Larry Ogunjobi. Um, and then after that, I mean, you're just kind of banking on guys starting to develop. You know, the intriguing one for me is Dominic Robinson. And, and, and I think, you know, if Robert Quinn's gone and the Bears need someone else to step up, I mean, this is a guy that was um, a wide receiver in college. I think he um, played a little quarterback growing up too. He's intriguing for me. Uh, I really like Justin Jones. Obviously, Robert Quinn on that line is your biggest key. And then if will Travis Gibson, you know, take that next step forward. But for me, man, I know there's some proven guys. It just feels like there's some uncertainty on this defensive line and, and how the Bears are going to find success rushing the passer here if Robert Quinn's not there. Well, I think this is where, you know, when you look at, like the biggest transitions on this defense, you know, going from a four, three or three, four to a four, three. And then also, you know, just kind of going to that new regime and kind of getting rid of some of the quote unquote dead weight or whatever you want to call it. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't really know if that's the right word, but you know, right term, but when you look at it, I mean, this is, this is a group that's missing a lot from last year. Obviously Akeem Hicks is gone. Cleo Mack was traded. Bilal Nichols is gone. Eddie Goldman is gone, which is crazy. On a side note, I didn't realize that Eddie Goldman, he, well, he signed with the Falcons. I didn't yeah. realize he only got, he, he got like a, basically like a $1.2 million contract. He didn't. Yeah. He, one he year, right? That minimum. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I was expecting a little bit more, but then again, I guess, you know, the, the commitment to football or whatever it is, has kind of been something that's been speculated. Who knows if that's actually true, but when you, when you look at I – mean, I'll just start with the interior first because I think this is kind of a two-pronged thing to kind of look at here. When you're looking at the interior, right now your starting nose tackle will be Angelo Blackson. Now, 
Blackson was kind of one of those guys. He was signed to a three-year deal, um, a two-year deal, a three-year deal. It was a multi-year deal last year. Um, either way, he came in. I think a lot of people were kind of like, what the, why, why are they sinking in extra money to the defensive line when they've already got a good amount of depth? And then obviously we started seeing the injuries and then, you know, Eddie Goldman didn't really look that good and whatever else, but Blackson actually ended up turning into one of their better defensive linemen last year. Um, he's a veteran. He's, you know, he's got some, got some time under his belt. Um, you know, but the thing is, I think when you look at a guy like Blackson, I don't know that he's that prototypical three, uh, four, three nose tackle, you know, one tech, whatever you want to call him. I don't know if he's really that piece for the bears, but he's also the one that probably fits the most. And, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see because he's, again, he's kind of at that age where, you know, if he has a good year, maybe you extend him a little bit and, you know, you kind of roll with that, or maybe he's a placeholder. But when you're looking at this interior defensive line, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of guarantees here, right? You pointed out Justin Jones, he's kind of, at least to me, he's actually one of the X factors for this defense in terms of free agent moves that they made this year, because he's coming in on a two-year deal. He's still crazy young. It's it, I actually didn't realize when they signed him, he's only 25 years old. You know, he, he got his chances, uh, you know, in a, you know, with, with San, or well, I guess not San Diego anymore, Los Angeles uh, Chargers. And he was okay. Um, you know, they, they went out and they basically, you know, they went out and they decided that they wanted to upgrade a little bit and, you know, so on and so forth. But, you know, he's kind of that one guy where it's going to be very interesting to see because going into this offseason, I don't think a lot of people expected it. I know I didn't, but they put a big value on that three tech position. So, you know, Justin Jones buys you a year or two and maybe next year, especially depending on where they're picking in the draft. I mean, there's some good three tech prospects that are coming up. Maybe, you know, maybe they make that a priority or maybe he hits. But I think that having him be one of those Akeem Hicks type signings where, you know, you bring a guy in, you're expecting a little bit more out of him, you know, with, with the change of scenery and, you, you know, you know that the talent is there, you know, him hitting would be a huge development for the rebuild of this defense and kind of the reshaping of this defense. And I think after that, I mean, you got a guy, guy like Kyrus Tonga, who I don't know that he's really going to be a fit as a 4-3 nose tackle or 4-3, you know, defensive lineman as a whole. That's kind of the question there. Like you pointed out, Mario Edwards Jr. had that really good year the, the first year the Bears signed him. They signed him to a three-year extension. He didn't look like remotely close to the same player. It's going to be kind of interesting to see if he's any better in a 4-3 than he was last year because really before he was in a 4-3 and he didn't really look that good. That's why he bounced around a lot. So this is kind of a, you know, a, a kind of a make or break year for him. Then he start looking at the defensive end spot, you know, the edge rusher spot. And it's kind of, again, one of those spots, almost kind of like corner where you have some pieces, right? You have, have, at least in my opinion, obviously Robert Quinn, who I don't think either one of us expect to stick around long. You also have Travis Gibson, who had somewhat of a breakout year in a second year last year as a part-time player. Uh, Al-Qadeen Muhammad is the other guy who he's not going to, you know, wow you with his, you know, his sack numbers. I don't think he's ever going to be a 10, you know, 10 sack a year kind of guy, but he's also one of only two defensive players for the Colts last year. Um, that played over 70% of the defensive snaps. So I think that kind of gives you an idea. It was him and DeForest Buckner were the only two defensive players on the entire Colts defense that played over 70% of the snaps because they rotate a lot. So I would expect that he's going to get some good run. Like you pointed out, Dominique Robinson's going to be interesting. You know, he was one of their day three picks this year. Um, you know, and then I, I think Charles Snowden's another interesting one to me where, you know, he was somebody who was an undrafted free agent last year. The bears really liked him. Uh, I wouldn't have honestly been shocked if they, you know, landed him on day three last year, they got him as an undrafted free agent. 
Uh, he's still listed as a linebacker on the Bears website, but I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's been playing defensive end. Um, yep. you know, in practice. Yep. Yeah, he's been he's been playing a little there in practice. And in you, practices. you pointed him out. You pointed him out a few times as, as somebody who kind of stood out yep. through you know, stood out through a few of these practices. So again, not a lot of proven production, uh, not a lot of big name brands there. But I do think at least at defensive end, I think you've got some stuff to work with because realistically, you know, much like, you know, four, three, three, four doesn't really much matter. You need two really good edge rushers and you usually need a pretty good rotational piece. Obviously, Robert Quinn goes out of the mix. That's probably going to be a big need for them next year. But I do think that they have some pieces on that back end that if you can get one of those guys to develop into, you know, a a nice rotational uh, third defensive end um, edge rusher type, then I think you're in pretty good shape and you're just kind of adding to the depth. But yeah, that's going to be, in my personal opinion, I think that that's where the make or break for this defense is going to be. I do think that the secondary is overall more important in a defense like this. And I think we've kind of seen that with the Colts defenses in the past where you're not going to have a ton of sack production out of these guys and that's fine. Um, but at the same time, you still need the, the, you know, the front, you know, basically the, you know, the front four or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it, the defensive line, they still have to hold up their end of the bargain, especially with the younger secondary. And I think that's where it's going to make or break this defense where they could be, you know, top 12 to top 15, or we could see a little bit of a dip this year, um, just depending on what that front, you know, the front four does. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, yeah, I mean, the easiest thing for a defense is your defensive line to get pressure. It makes everything a lot easier for the linebackers and the secondary. And if this unit can get some pressure and, you know, force quarterbacks into tough decisions and not allow them to sit back there and kind of pick the secondary apart, it it should be a a big year for the Bears defense. But I'm with you, man. They're going to have to find a way to rush the passer. They do got some intriguing players. I I totally forgot about Alequin Muhammad. but yeah, they're going to have to find a way to get to the quarterback, especially if Robert Quinn's not here. Now, he's still here right now. I think he'll show up to training camp. Um, and, you know, if they have him for a couple of games, let's see if he can kind of build on that. But there's also opportunity, like you said, for someone like Charles Snowden out there to kind of take advantage um, and win a position here in training camp. Maybe make a statement early on, keep that momentum and earn some rotational um, minutes are an improvement there. So yeah, defensive line is a very interesting one for me and they're going to have to get the pressure on the quarterback. And if they do that, I think things will be a lot easier um, for, for everyone else on this defense. Now, uh, before we kind of wrap things up though, Aaron, um, I kind of want to get your, your opinion on this. And I'm going to have you give me a player that um, maybe not well-known, like maybe not Jalen Johnson or Eddie Jackson, but that you think that maybe could surprise here in training camp on defense. I'm going to go with Justin Jones. I, I I don't know why. And again, I wasn't even really a giant fan when they signed him, but he feels like the one guy that could really, that could really come out and impress and kind of be that Akeem Hicks, maybe not to that level, but he feels like the one guy, you know, at one of the most important spots that they've deemed on this defense. 
I think he's going to be the guy that is going to kind of make or break things in a sense. And I don't know. I just have this weird feeling that he's going to end up being somebody at the end of the year where, you know, a lot of people go, wow, that was, that was a really good value signing. And usually in a rebuild, you know, like the bears are going through, we saw it a few years ago with Ryan Pace, you have to have a few of those kind of pieces, even if they are free agents, those young free agents kind of break out. And he just feels like the guy to me. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Um, I'll go with a different guy. I, I'm going to go with Thomas Graham. Um, I, I wasn't overly impressed with him early on this offseason. Um, there was a practice. I noted that, you know, he gave up a couple of completions that are kind of targeting him. After that, though, he kind of turned it on a little bit towards the end with the final OTAs and then the mini camp. And I think he's got a legit shot here to win um, a starting spot in this defense at nickel. And I think if he can emerge and solve one of those issues there, then you have one less question mark. And it's going to be a fun battle to watch because I think Tavon Young, if he can stay healthy, will give him a good shot at this. I, I think Graham is in position to, to win, win one of these battles and, and be a young corner on this defense for, you know, years to come. And if they can figure that out, there you go. Then you have Jalen Johnson, you have um, Thomas Graham. And then, you know, if Kyler Gordon, um, you know, turns out to be a, a good player, there you go. Your, your secondary is almost set there and that'll be a good thing. So I'll be keeping my eye on Thomas Graham. Um, you know, I also want to see Travis Gibson on, on the edge. I kind of want to see what he's got out there rushing the quarterback. I thought he had a good year last year. Now can he build on that here in year three? And if he does that, um, it's going to mean good things for this Bears defense. Yeah, I agree. I, I just I think the big thing for this defense, one, I think the arrow is more pointed up in terms of when you're looking at the two units. I definitely would say that this is the stronger of the two units. But I think the big thing is, especially on the defensive front, there's going to be a lot more rotation than what people are expecting. Right. So you can look at these starters and you can you know have the expectations that you want and all that stuff. But I mean, really, what it comes down to is when you look at the overall snap count um, for the Colts defenses and what had them have that huge turnaround or a big part of that was the fact that they were able to keep all these guys so fresh. So I think that depth is going to be one of those things this year worth keeping an eye on during training camp, worth keeping an eye on the preseason, because I think it's going to have more value than it has in years past. You're not going to see guys that are getting 85, 90% of the snaps on the defensive line. You're going to see a lot more rotation. I think that Justin Jones is a guy that could probably end up seeing over 70% of the snaps uh, at the three tech position. But I think outside of that, I think you're going to be looking at a, a sizable rotation of guys, especially at the defensive end position, where you're probably going to see them more in the 55 to 60% of the snap range. And, you know, you can get at least in, in years past with Matt Eberflus's defenses, uh, you know, they've had um, basically three different guys that they've primarily leaned on um, in those spots. And that's why you may not see these huge sack numbers like you have in the past and some of these bears defenses, but I think overall, it's going to be a different defense. And I think, you know, most importantly, I, I think it's going to be more of a rally to the ball kind of defense. And I think you're going to start to see, you know, more of that Lovey Smith type defense uh, that, you know, that we're, that we were used to seeing before it went to the three, four under Vic Fangio. And obviously those were some great times under Vic Fangio. And then things kind of fell off a little bit over the last few years, but it's going to be a very different, very different looking defense. I think it's going to be a very different philosophy on defense. And I think the one thing 
that I'm going to be kind of looking out for and that I'm hoping for is, you know, the, the, the takeaways have to start coming back. That is one thing that the Bears have not been good about over the last few years, really since Vic Fangio left, is they have to get back to taking the ball away. And I think that's going to be something that's going to be a big emphasis on this defense. And that could also, you know, separate them once again from being that top 12, top 15 unit to not being good at all. You know, we talked about the, the you know, the pass rush and, everything else like that. But if that secondary and those linebackers are creating turnovers, I mean, that's a whole different thing as well. Yeah, I agree. They got, they got to get those turnovers. That's going to be a big key for this defense this year. And they do that. And, you know, you give Justin Fields and the offense more chances here this season. All right, Aaron, that'll wrap things up for our defensive preview. Um, as always, everyone, thanks for joining us. And Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter and read your work? Yep. You can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL on Twitter, and you can read my work on the bearreport.com. Yeah, make sure to check out our offensive preview um, from last week. We're also going to have an interview, a a separate episode with Greg Braggs about training camp. He's a guy that's always there. um, And the Bears kind of made a Greg Braggs rule, um, you know, a couple of years ago with him in the photos and videos. That's going to be a fun interview. And as always, everyone stick with the Bear Report for complete training camp coverage, not only on the podcast, but on our website. We're going to be there every single day um covering it and we're gonna have tons of content for you you can follow me on twitter at zach underscore z-a-c-k underscore pearson follow the bear report on twitter just bear report please rate review subscribe on all major podcasting platforms until next time everyone please stay safe when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply